Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There are people who leave high school with their whole lives mapped out in front of them. They have a career plan and they set about executing it. Then there's the rest of us. Today, more than ever, many of us regularly find ourselves embarking on new jobs and in some cases, whole new careers. Take Shane Mutter, for example. Shane is a member of the fourth generation of New Orleans family-owned business, Door Furniture. Things went much as planned for Shane and Door Furniture. Shane went to work in the family business, learned all aspects of it, and took over as president of the company in 2014. Then, in February 2019, things took an unforeseen turn. Shane left Door Furniture to go to work with his dad and his dad's best friend in their second careers, as hemp farmers. That's the short version of how Shane Mutter gets to be national sales and marketing director of Seed2 System. It's a farm to consumer operation that grows hemp, processes it, sells their own brand of what is being hailed as the wonder drug of the 21st century CBD. Shane, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, thank you. And you brought stuff. I brought stuff, I brought goodies, you have to. <laughs> Barry Schwartz never intended the dinner party she threw at her house to lead to one of the most unique careers in catering, but that's what happened. Barry started out calling her home-based dinner events My House Social. Today, My House Social bridges the gap between large groups who need to be fed like conventions and high-end creative chefs. Normally, these things never come together. Large groups typically get fed by institutional chefs who, because of the demands of feeding a lot of people at the same time, don't turn out the finest cuisine. But folks who come to New Orleans for an event expect the food to be great. After all, that's what New Orleans is famous for. So what Barry's company does is to provide everything creative chefs need to cook for a large group without these chefs having to make institutional cooking their full-time gig. This is essentially an inspired catering interpretation of the very simplest business principle, supply and demand. Barry Schwartz is the founder and CEO Chief Experience Officer at My House Social. Barry, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, excited to be here. <laughs> now Shane, let's start out at the very beginning of the CBD chain of events, out on the farm. In 2018, hemp farming was made legal by the passage of the federal farm bill. But out in Longmont, Colorado, your dad and his buddy were already growing hemp and they were selling seeds to other hemp farmers. In 2018, they reportedly sold 50 million seeds. So it seems like the federal farm bill was just the government catching up with the reality of what was already going on in some states, which brings us home to Louisiana. We grow an enormous amount of sugarcane, rice, soybeans, and corn here. I assume our climate would also be good for growing hemp. Are we likely to see that happen? Do you have plans to farm hemp here in Louisiana? I don't have uh, plans to farm, but we do have plans to be a source for seeds for farmers that um, are reaching out to us. So this year we anticipate in the 250 million to maybe even 500 million um, 
seed count uh, for our for our facilities that we'll be able to provide for more states that are coming on board right now. So <clears throat> immediately, uh, Florida, the climate in Florida is very uh, ripe because you could have essentially two seasons. And then, of course, in Louisiana, in our home state, let's bring it back. We want to be a source on the seed side to supply because in the hemp business, um, there's a lot of, it's, it's a wild, wild west show right now. And so fortunately, our seed company, our sister company that we've partnered with has been in business for almost eight years now. And so the seed genetics or the, the seed families, the plants, generation after generation that we continue to grow in greenhouses, they're consistent, they're stable, and the THC levels are maintained so that it meets the federal guidelines and the farm bill. So that it's not... So, yeah. And so last year, um, you know, and the business is exploding exponentially. Now, Barry, New Orleans is one of the biggest convention and event cities in the country, and we're famous for our food. I'm sure financially a lot of our great chefs would love an opportunity to feed a thousand people, but logistically it's not so simple. And that's where you and My House Social come in. You know exactly what is required to feed a large group and you know where to find talented chefs who don't usually work in that environment. So you have two sets of clients to please, and they both seem kind of difficult. One is the <laughs> event planner who wants things done in a precise manner, at a precise time, and as low as cost as possible. And the other is a creative chef who has gotten successful doing things his or her own way. It sounds like you're working in a managerial and political personal minefield. Uh, what does that feel like? Do you have a system that you can just plug people into and, and it doesn't work? That's a really great and loaded question. <laughs> um, I would say... That's why you get the free lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would say you're exactly right. It is a political minefield, um, and it's very interesting working with these two super different groups of people who don't normally like even talk the same language. Um, and something we have done, and it's taken us years of basically like the evolution of the company and this system almost finding us. But what people having events always want to know is, What's your vibe? Is it traditional? Is it hip? Is it like flowery? What is it? What kind of food do you want? Do you want New Orleans classics? Do you want ethnic food? Do you want like inventive Southern? What's your price point? Is it $1 sign, two, three? So we've developed a system to ask those questions to the event people and then we categorize our database of chefs in that same way so they're matching. And that has been like the best way for us to connect these two worlds. Um, and then we have different ways of how we talk to each party. But yeah, it's a very interesting political minefield that's sort of part of our story because we started out doing public events. And oh, right. um, yep. we were actually shut down by the city um, in the CBD. Um, different that's what CBD. he sells. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, uh... <laughs> um, and so we actually like sort of transitioned into this more private world because it was a little less political. Well, now that we're getting bigger, it's just as political, right. but it's different. Um, yeah. And what about uh, like hotel catering operations are huge deal? Do they view as competition or to, like a supplement to them? Or it depends on the hotel group. Um, I would say a lot of them view us as like artisanal add-ons, and I think people um, that are a little more innovative and real with the times are recognizing that hey, we're having this huge corporate group, and the option is we can either bring in something creative and keep them on our property, or they're going to go off-site. So they're starting to utilize us to offer things like oyster bars, 
ice cream carts, et cetera, and then they can like upcharge it and they're starting to see it as additional revenue instead of competition. But that's been a big process and mind shift. And Shane, uh, what about, let's talk from the family business point of view. Sure. How was that meeting where you met your family next to a set of end tables at Door Furniture and told them you were going to do this? We had a great meeting, uh, several meetings. And uh, fortunately, I have a a, a large family and they're all active in the business. And so it was a matter of um, speaking out and saying what, you know, I felt uh, in my heart I needed to do. And right away, everybody um, came together. We, We met just a few weeks after that with the decision as to how we were transition things. Um, everything went very well, actually. And so it's, at, it's giving uh, more opportunity to other family members, of course, to, to take the reins and do things and uh, kind of like passing the baton and, and very amicably. And, you know, in a lot of family businesses, there's people that don't get along, don't see eye to eye, butt heads. Uh, in our family, we've, we've maintained 81 years um, and th- that's for a reason, and we've all worked hard together. Now, Barry, the um, when you, you also have had a, have or had an operation with food trucks. Yes. And is that, that part of your? Yeah, that is actually like how this so, this whole like light bulb idea happened. Is after the dinner parties, I was like, okay, I don't really understand how to sell alcohol at my house and make it legal. Um, <laughs> and so I had just come back from a road trip to Portland. And saw sort of, oh yeah, like there's all these food truck lots, this is amazing. And I thought I wanted to start a food truck lot in New Orleans, um, which in order to do that, I was 22. And I would have had to change the zoning. There were only five food trucks. Oh, you were asking for it. Yeah. It was like a big sort of, whoa. So I started just putting on food truck events and empty pieces of property. And um, someone from the Audubon Institute, who was high up in the events world, actually came to one of our food truck events. And she was like, oh, wow, we're supposed to be catering for 10,000 people, but we cannot handle that volume. We should supplement food trucks through this girl, Barry, who's doing these food truck festivals. And we actually did eight food trucks for 10,000 people um, for Microsoft at Waldenburg Park. And it was A, the happiest the food trucks have ever been with me. (laughs) Um, B, Microsoft was like beyond thrilled, even though like I didn't know what I remember telling her and I was so nervous because I was taking a cut from the food trucks on the back end and I thought I was being so greedy. I told the woman from Microsoft, I was like, it's going to be $100 for me to coordinate that. And she literally like laughed in my face and was like, I'm going to add a zero. And it's probably like the best deal she ever got. But um, yeah, a game show. Yeah, (laughs) that was um, sort of the impetus for like everything we're doing now and realizing this disconnect. And uh, you with operations in the city that great names like the Contemporary Arts Center and uh, the the Fillmore, you've got either uh, preferred status as as the caterer or exclusive. Yes. Uh, It just is that come from just doing a good job and then having them step up there? Um, I think it comes from doing a good job, being really strategic with our relationships, and understanding 
our differentiation factor. And when we're exclusive, the really cool thing about it is that doesn't mean they can only work with one type of chef. It means it adds an extra layer of like verified trust by having this third party so that if one of the chefs messes up, it's on us. So it puts a lot more impetus for things to be really great and smooth and trustworthy. And so that's been really cool with exclusive because it's exclusive, but it's not hindering other people from doing business. They, Cause someone can still say, we want to work with you guys, but we love Brennan's. Right. And we can be exclusive, but still work with Brennan's, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That, you're doing well at the minefield. Yeah, it's, uh, they, uh, it's a really fun puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> now, Shane, I am not a scientist, so how does that part work? How does uh, the process work where the CBD comes out of the, the hemp? Well, that's kind of our talking point for our product and differentiate. Was it magic? It's magic. Yeah. Okay, it's a right magic then. box. It's, it's metal. Um, <laughs> it's an extraction device. It took years to invent. Um, no, we partnered up with uh, a gentleman who, ironically, is from Covington, Louisiana. Oh. Um, and he's, he's up in Longmont as well. And uh, we are a strategic partner with him whereby all of our crop goes to his facility right down the street. Um, he basically heats up this machine and uses water so it vaporizes the plant and it extracts out the oil through that process so we don't use chemicals we don't use co2 we don't use butane we don't use anything that you'll see on the back of a label or if you look up the product uh, but yours the company. would say organic yeah, yeah and so our our product truly comes out naturally just by using heat and water and so uh, what that means is you get the full effect of the CBD from the plant. Uh, you get all the cannabinoids that are in there, and they, they claim that there's around 130 to 140 cannabinoids in the plant. Mixing all the cannabinoids, the entourage effect, and you have terpenes. The entourage effect being that the entourage, all these things are... Yeah, mixing together right. and giving Not you that. Not that you and your friends would all get the same effect. No, 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 no. <laughs> or the show, right? <laughs> and then, and then the, all the terpenes that are in the plant come out... Uh, naturally so when you use other extraction methods a lot of times those uh, properties get stripped out of the plant in that process and then you have to go back and manually put it back in right unnaturally um, so in our processes everything is done so that nothing gets stripped out it all comes out um, in its truest form and yes there is a small small trace amount of THC within our seed to system brand um, it is typically on the radar of about 0.244%, so less than 1%, which is, of course, in the farm bill. Um, and I get that question all the time. Am I going to pass the drug test? Well, yeah, if you drink an entire bottle, a one-ounce or a two-ounce bottle of our product, you may have something show up. Uh, but, I mean, you're talking a heavy, heavy, heavy dosage. But I, I kind of equate it to being uh, at a concert and somebody's smoking marijuana next to you right. and blows uh, big smoke in your face and you inhale it all and you're like, oh, no, could I, could I pass a drug test on Monday? Oh, no. no, it's terrible. Okay, and, um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so realistically, Marketing. you know, we don't have any issues, but we do, we do tell people that there is a... Um, a trace amount of THC within the product, but it is completely legal. Hey, you're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Rashidi. I'm talking with Shane Mutter, National Sales and Marketing Director of Seed to System, 
a hemp farm and CBD manufacturer, and Barry Schwartz, founder and chief experience officer at My House Social, where creative cuisine meets event catering. Barry and Shane, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You're about to quit work for the day and go to dinner when your phone rings at your brother-in-law. He usually only calls when he needs help moving his aquarium, but this time it's different. This time he's calling you about business. Uh, Barry, your brother-in-law, says he recently spent time in Brobridge and had some of the best food of his life. He says there are some awesome cooks in Cajun country who could use you for their catering company, and they're well, and he doesn't want to use the word, but cheap. Let's just say that they're way more affordable than New Orleans chefs. Your brother-in-law says he'd be happy to be your agent and spend some time in Cajun country eating food, meeting cooks, and setting up a Cajun convention catering pipeline. All you have to do is bankroll a few expenses for him. Uh, what do you tell your brother-in-law? Is Cajun catering connection a good idea? Brother-in-law or franchise? They're <laughs> 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 um, sneaky. I think it's a great idea. Um, I would want to really understand his relationship and how authentic it is with the chefs in that area. Um, but I think there's a hundred percent something there and we've actually worked with some chefs in Lafayette and I think there's like a very big event scene there. Um, but I would probably send him on a little bit of a interview and set up like a, Hey, pretend this is an event. How would you respond? And what would you say to the chefs and sort of give them a big test? Cause that's the way, uh, part of how you select the chefs now. I mean, they're going to, you're putting them in a, uh, a, a tableau they've never been to. Yes. And, uh, see, you need people that are, I kind of guess can go with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> now, Shane, your brother-in-law says he can't believe nobody in the CBD business has capitalized on the most obvious marketing concept in the country. Almost every city and medium-sized town in the country is trying to revitalize its downtown. In most places, they call that downtown the CBD, the Central Business District. Some cannabis derivative CBD producer is eventually going to jump on that. Your brother-in-law says, why not you? He's prepared to quit his day job at Door Furniture and go on the road as a full-time marketing agent for Seed to System, getting every chamber of commerce in the country to make you their official CBD's CBD. <laughs> what do you tell your brother-in-law? Is he a genius or should he not give up his day job? Oh, I think he shouldn't give up his day job. Oh, really? There's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a ring to it, it though. It has it's... a great ring to it. It's a little confused. We had a CBD uh, convention here a couple of months ago, and it was funny because... Your people. Yeah, Those and um, we met, and, and the, first, the first speaker got up, and he says, well... I was driving down here from my hotel, and I see a big sign that says CBD, and he goes, well, I guess I'm in the right place. <laughs> uh, but it took me to the wrong place. <laughs> I was in the right place. But it <laughs> the fact of the matter, yeah, there, there are uh, a lot of CBD uh, entrepreneurs opening up retail spaces uh, throughout the area, and there's a lot that are... Um, in, in the CBD, actually, there's a few stores that are, that are popping up in, in the And Shane, area. can you tell us what you do? What does the marketing yeah. guy do here? Yeah. And it isn't like you're on street corners well, selling we've, it. We've kind of been on hold for just a there's little... There's other people Yeah, we've that. been a little bit on hold for just a little while in the state of Louisiana. But, um, but in general, though, it's working with the sales team to get into the various states that are legal, completely legal. Um, of course, having our website uh, up and running 
and and creating you know commerce from that that source. Uh, that's been an issue uh, in and of itself. We've we've actually in almost two years time been shut down three times by banks. Um, nothing that we did wrong. It's just that a compliance officer at you know. Let's just call it, uh, well, I won't say any banks, but Buffalo National Buffalo Bank. Buffalo International <laughs> comes in and says, well, you know what? We've decided as a bank that we're going to shut down CBD um, transactions. Um, anybody that's in that space, go ahead and give a two-week or a 30-day notice, and we're pulling the plug. And the reason for it is, is there's too much interstate commerce. There's too much uh, regulations that's still unknown. Um, you know, and of course, there's still quite a few states, probably a dozen states or so, that just aren't fully legal yet. So, uh, as a result of that, one of the largest uh, e-com sites uh, just recently had to go to their customers and put a note on their main page that says, "As of right now, we're not taking CBD transactions." And Whoa. you know, they're a that's a huge multi-million-dollar company doing tens of millions of dollars in revenue. And so right now we're in that holding period again because the largest credit card processor for CBD um, got a little in over their heads and even allowed some businesses that uh, weren't legitimate in. And so Visa and MasterCard kind of came calling and said, you know, we're getting all these chargebacks. There's a lot of fraud going on. We're calling the feds. And so the feds stepped in and our and you said and I we, wish we, I was in our company selfish. never had a chargeback. Yeah. Uh, we've had nothing but great service and, and great products, but yet we're on the hook right now, and I'm hoping to be back up and live in about two weeks. Wow. All because it's just still a very fresh, brand new business that. Uh, you seem like too nice a guy to be doing lobbying. Uh, There's uh, but that's what's needed at this yeah, stage. Yeah, I've been I on guess. the phone with quite a few people, including you know Mike Strain. Um, yeah. Uh, the gentleman, uh, Clay Schecksnyder, who introduced the, the, the bill, bill a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Been on the phone with them. I've invited all these guys, actually, to fly up to Colorado. I, I want them to see what we're doing there, because Colorado and Oregon really have the lead, and see what we're doing, and use us as a source, if anything. Call us up and say, hey, what's going on here? How can you help us there? We're, we're doing a lot of business in multiple states, so why not use us as a resource? And that's what I've been trying to convey to all of these legislators is come see, you know? So we'll get there. But Barry, um, in these operations, how do you make money? Who is... Uh... Great question. Yeah, so we do not take any money from the chefs, which everyone's like, what? And I'm like, well, <laughs> that means that the chefs, when they have these huge opportunities, they bring them to us. And we upcharge anywhere from 15 to 30% in addition to charging an on-site staffing fee. Well, that's a good model. Yep. I would have thought it would have been the chefs too, but nope. it's not. <laughs> now, Barry, you've got a growing company and it is for profit and such, but is there something more to it than that? Yeah, and that's something we're spending a lot of time right now is being able to like quantify our impact because at the heart of the matter, what we're doing is um, basically bridging more economic opportunities for smaller businesses. And we see catering as a very important way to do that and making sure that businesses in New Orleans that might not have the connections to the hospitality industry can be a part of being a part of these really large conventions. So creating more economic and creative opportunities for chefs is definitely at our heart. And then adding the fact that you're doing your best to hire minority and oh, female. Oh, yes, and, uh, 100%. That's, that's terrific. And, and Shane, does it, uh, does it make a difference where you purchase CBD? Yes, there's a lot out there on the, in the market. And um, for us, our big message to consumers is, please, whether you buy it from us or buy it from someone else, just read up on where it's coming from. 
um, what ingredients are mixed inside with the product. A lot of people are, are uh, comparing our product, which we consider to be kind of on the higher end because of its purity and the extraction, uh, to other companies that may be a few dollars less. And when you look at the back of the packaging, you see that there's a lot of ingredients in there that cheapen the product. And so which I, what I was touching on earlier is the full entourage effect. It gives you pure CBD in your body. Just make sure you educate yourself, find out where the product's coming from, um, call those companies and ask questions. And you know, there's a, even a lot of uh, multi-level marketing companies that are out there now trying to sell the products. And unfortunately, that's also kind of a watered down uh, product for what CBD truly is. And that happens when you've got an industry that's growing this quickly, right? Yes. You get some bad actors that... Uh, oh, absolutely. That... And for us, we're, we're proud that we have our own seed company, so we watch from the beginning where the seeds are, are, are grown in-house. Uh, we put it into our soil, organic plant, you know, organic farming. Um, then we're harvesting it with, you know, some farmers that have been in the business for a long time growing other crops. But, you know, fortunately for us, we have a, a father-daughter farming team that, that manages 150 acres alone just in one, one field that we have. Uh, so we're bringing a lot of people uh, back into the farming industry, bringing America back, in a sense, uh, from that side of, of the farming world. And then from there, we're extracting the oil, we're bottling it ourselves, we're shipping it out ourselves. So we are truly vertically integrated. And Shane, you know, people have been smoking marijuana for forever, but I never heard anybody talk about it uh, as a way to cure aches and pains, any kind of medicinal side. Is that just part that's being discovered now? Yeah, and with CBD, um, you're, we have a broader audience that we reach to because there are a lot of people that truly cannot... Um, smoke marijuana for reasons uh, with you know work or they just don't like the feeling of it personally I don't I don't like you know losing control and, and being high so to speak so for CBD it opens up a much broader audience because there are people our, our demographic um, our number one buyer is is a female in her 60s uh, who's coming in for aches and pains or sleep and buying this product and knowing all the while that where you know the plant that it's coming from looks and smells like a marijuana plant but truly it's a female uh, plant and it's getting all those same benefits of CB of of um, you know the pain or the uh, the suppression there, but it, you're not getting high. You're not getting um, losing control. You've learned a lot since you left the betting uh, and end table you know, business. A little bit, just a little, <laughs> just a little. Barry and Shane, we often hear people who give career advice suggesting that rule number one for happiness is do something you're passionate about. It's it's good advice, but it's harder to pull off than it sounds. But in both your cases, you've pulled it off. Uh, you're both devoting your lives to businesses that are challenging, innovative, and personal. Congratulations on having the courage to follow your dreams and getting these businesses up and humming along. We look forward to following your continued success, and thanks so much for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. My guests and Out to Lunch today have been Barry Schwartz, founder and chief experience officer at My House Social, and Shane Mutter, national sales and marketing director at Seed to System. You can find out more about Barry's catering and Shane's hemp and CBD by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. 
You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all our podcasts at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com, It's New Orleans Facebook page, and on Instagram. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swimming Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. And by the It's New Orleans Happy Hour Podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 